Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Series 2 of Not Another Sales Podcast. I'm Chris Hatfield, aka Not Another Sales Guy. I'm a sales and mindfulness coach, trainer, consultant, and speaker. I work with corporate sales teams and leaders, along with startup business owners passionate about what they do, but wanting to up their sales game. My main mission is helping us all become more mindful of how we elevate our performance, perspective, and potential. If you want to know more, then look me up on LinkedIn. Chris Hatfield, always happy to chat. So if you're new to Not Another Sales Podcast, here's what to expect. It's aimed at giving you insights into how you can be successful within the world of sales, whether that's your career or your own business. We go deeper into the thought process and mindset needed for success when selling and when running a business, not just the skills and output. So if you're looking for a podcast with a difference that starts with the mind in mind, this is for you. So enough about me, let's get started. On today's episode, I'm joined by Scott Barker, Head of Partnerships at Sales Hacker, Evangelist and Sales Engagement Podcast Host at Outreach. And Scott and I are going to be talking all about how sales has evolved from the seller's point of view, what really matters now in 2020 and beyond, why you can no longer rely on sales experience alone, and how you can truly stand apart from the competition. Scott's got some real golden nuggets in here as well to share with you about how you differentiate yourself with your communication with potential prospects and customers. So let's dive right in and get started. Scott, welcome. How are you? I'm excellent, man. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for joining me on a live episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. It's live. We're doing it live. It's uh, it's nice that our schedule is lined up and I happen to be over in uh, London this week, man. Some would say fate. Some would say. <laughs> some would say. I think so. Uh, so, Scott, for people who are tuning in for the first time uh, to, to see your name, it would be great for you to give them a bit of context into who you are and what your story is, really. Totally, man. Um, so... I've been involved in sales in some form or fashion uh, really since, you know, out of high school, actually. So been in sales a very long time. I've been a BDR. I've been an individual contributor. Uh, I've been a BDR manager. I've led teams, built out processes. uh, And most recently, uh, I've been running revenue and partnerships at a company called Sales Hacker, uh, which is the largest community and media company for B2B uh, sales professionals, and we were lucky enough that one of our big partners, uh, Outreach.io, um, acquired us in uh, August of 2018. So it's been a, a crazy ride, and I now am an evangelist for Outreach as well, uh, which allows me to do a lot of really cool things, a lot of speaking uh, all around you know, North America, uh, and I run their podcast, actually, the Sales Engagement Podcast. Uh, help with deal flow, marketing, PR, sales, uh, a lot of different stuff now. So it's it's fun. They give me a long leash. <laughs> nice, nice, <laughs> good. Well, you know, there was when we first spoke, there was there was so much kind of we probably could have made a podcast out of that really. Totally. Um, and it all came from the instruction from Max, who was obviously on the episode last year, first series. Yeah. Um, and what I love to do, particularly with with this podcast, sort of looking at sales and looking at it from another angle is not just look at the now, but also look at, you know, where we're going. And I, I found it really fascinating when we were talking about where you see the evolution of sales and, and where it is now. And probably, I suppose, the bit of a risk if you get left behind. So yeah, yeah. what's your sort of, I suppose, to kick things off, what's your take on how sales isn't necessarily evolving right now, but might need to evolve in, in the coming times? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So first off, I'll say, I think it's the most exciting time to be in sales ever. 
right? And the reason being is there's more resources out there. There's more people to follow. There's so much content out there uh, if you want to master this craft, uh, more so than ever, ever before. So first, I think it is the most exciting time to be in sales. But the caveat is if you're not constantly, constantly evolving and upping your game and you are just simply you know, relying on your experience, you know, saying, hey, I've been an account executive for seven years. I got this. Then I think in the very near future, you are going to find yourself in a world that looks nothing like you remember. And you're going to be a bit of a, a fish out of water. And I'll tell you, you know, what kind of keeps me up at night sometimes is thinking about this next generation that's coming up. And I'm not talking millennials. I'm talking, you know, Gen Z. Mm-hmm. And the, this is a generation that was brought up on YouTube tutorials, Khan Academy, anything that they wanted to learn, they self-taught themselves. And this is a generation of, of self-teachers, basically. And their ability to pick things up quickly and effectively is, is pretty mind-blowing. You know, you can just watch a, a five-year-old and how quickly they can pick up games and new technology and things. Mm. So that generation, when they get on the sales floor... You better watch out if you're just relying on <laughs> simply experience to uh, to take you to the promised land. Yeah, and with the, with that experience, then what do you what do you think people need to start focusing on now? Then, if it's not for these people who are selling right now, how do they stay relevant mm-hmm. with, with the years to come and to to compete with that? Yeah, or to better it. Yeah. So the way I look at it is. So we live in an era now where skills and knowledge are democratized. So what I mean by that, similar to you know being able to go and learn anything, look, the playing field is now leveled, right? If you want to go and learn every single thing about being an account executive, you can listen to your podcast, you can listen to my podcast, and you can you can get up to date very quickly, faster than ever before. So that's the knowledge side. On the skill side, you know, uh, a perfect example is, you know, back in the day, if you needed to create, let's say, a sales asset, a case study, well, you'd need a graphic designer, you'd need to, you know, get a, a digital marketer involved, and you'd get to need all these people. And that graphic designer probably went to school for three years, taught themselves graphic design, a mm-hmm. bunch of Adobe, Photoshop, all this. Well, now skills are even democratized. I can now go to Canva or something called Tiled or Beautiful.ai where I can quickly teach myself how to do these things that were were very difficult before. Mm -hmm. So knowing that that's the world we live in, um, I borrow some of what I'm going to say next from Naval Ravikant, who's the CEO of AngelList. And he says, the only way in the modern era to be competition is through authenticity. And I just did a a tour over the last month, actually on a, a bus tour around the U.S., uh, talking to about 300 sales leaders uh, all across the country. And the panel that I led all across the country was on what makes a top performer these days and what makes a quote-unquote unicorn rep. And the two things that kept coming up every single place we went was authenticity and accountability. So Authenticity, meaning someone can learn how to become as good of an account executive as you are quickly with the skills and knowledge, and they can bridge that gap very quickly. 
But what they can't do is they can't be Scott Barker, mm. right? That's your only moat. So you need to find out what makes you unique and you need to double down on those things. And then you need to showcase those things to the world, you know, through people call it personal branding, LinkedIn, whatever it is. But you got to double down on those things because these up and comers can't, can't be you. They can't replace you. So uh, authenticity one, you know, you can layer in empathy into that one as well. And then accountability. What I mean by accountability is like the ridiculous kind of accountability where you're like, let's go back to the uh, example I said with the graphic designer. Yeah. Let's say I'm an enterprise rep. I'm at a large company and we don't have a case study for the enterprise. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of AEs would be moping around and maybe sending some slacks and saying, wait, we don't have this. I can't do this. I can't do <laughs> yeah. this, right? The old sales and marketing alignment struggles that we've all seen. Well, someone who's 100% accountable looks at themselves as the CEO of their territory. So what would a CEO do in that position? They would find a way to get that done, whether that's going on Upwork if you don't have the chops or that's teaching yourself Canva calling your best enterprise customer, asking them for a quote, asking them about the business impact you had, going down, getting it all done, and then walking over to marketing and saying, hey, I just wrote an enterprise case study. Can you make sure this all checks out? Can you make sure we can use their logo? And I'd like it by next week because I'm going to need that to do my job, right? So that's the kind of accountability I'm talking about. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a, there's a few points there on the accountability piece. I think with people looking at it that way and, and looking at like your own business, it's about this, this proactiveness, isn't it? It's, it's going into there and not just looking at something. And a lot of the time sellers and because you can get comfortable with the bigger organizations you're going to sometimes, the more things get done for you. Like I've worked for really small companies. I've gone to others and gone, someone else does that for me. Like yeah. what? Like yeah. I can do that. And I think, I have you know, a solutions yeah. engineer. I have pre-sales. <laughs> yeah. I've got someone that can build blended learning for me. Yeah. Like, I've been doing that. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, and I think what stops salespeople sometimes is just that, that mindset of going, I can't do this or, yeah. Yeah. I, or this this can't be done till two weeks rather than actually going how can I yeah. how can I do this within a week like it yeah. can't rather than be, it can't be done it comes into a bit around those limiting beliefs really if you I always use the phrase you know your your mind is like a Google search engine anything you type in mm -hmm. it's going to come back with and for example I don't know if you've seen the Netflix documentary about the earth being flat um, it's crazy. <laughs> I'm check Hopefully you're not a flat what, earth. What's it called? <laughs> I think it's called flat earth. Could, could you imagine if I just dropped that? Right now? <laughs> Exclusive. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the point of that is if you type into Google, the earth is flat, it's going to come back with all the evidence to show you that it's flat. But if you type into going, is the earth flat right. into Google with a question mark, it's going to come back with all the other stuff. So yeah. I've definitely done that at dinner parties. <laughs> trying to prove a point where you like see the first one. Yeah. Like, oh shit, it was wrong. But I can always find one that supports yeah, the exactly. And, and the mindset is like, like that. If you tell yourself this, it can't be done or this can't happen, then this is how you're going to feel. And that's what you're going to relate to a customer. And that's yeah. what you're going to relate to your team. But you start asking yourself questions and you can start creating ways around it. Like you say, whether it is learning something, whether it is going and doing it yourself and then passing it across to someone else at 70% for them to do. Yeah. Um, and I think that is a good way as well to start building your personal brand within the business and for people to start seeing that this guy isn't just about, you know, the reactivity. He's proactive sure. because the more you're doing that, the more likely you can then start doing that with your customers as well. Yeah, totally. And like, it's a really 
good guy or gal to be is to be known as the guy or gal who just gets shit done. Mm. Like that is a really good person to be. And we all, you can probably think of a few examples of those, just like people that, and it's not about like the old, old school mentality of like hustle hard, work hard. It's no, it's about like working smart and, and not just hard and not having those limiting beliefs. And for me, it was just always, just try like these things that seem daunting. Like here's another example, Salesforce reporting, you know, many who are listening to this right now might not know how to do a Salesforce report, how to build one and reporting and understanding your KPIs, your daily, weekly, monthly KPIs on an ongoing basis is super important. And they might be a roll up that your manager created, but it's not going to have everything that you need. And things like that can be very daunting, but I'm telling you, if you just are okay with failing and you walk over to your Salesforce admin and you say, Hey, can I have permissions? I just want to play around with this over the weekend. They'll let you do it. And by hour three of just playing around, you'll have a basic understanding mm. of how to do it. And then every time you go back, you learn a little bit more, it's less daunting and so on and so forth. So just, I would say just try some of these things that seem a little bit scary uh, another thing I would suggest those listeners here doing who are wanting to evolve as reps is carve out 10, 15% of your week of your time to look into sales tools, to look into new uh, processes you could bring in, new ways of thinking and tools. Because there's about over 4,000 sales tools now. Mm -hmm. And you know a lot of people will say, it's process before technology, but I've been part of a lot of organizations and built a lot of teams where I got to ride the wave of first movers advantage for things like sales engagement tools. I was using sales engagement tools, you know, four years ago uh, when video first came online, you know, video doesn't work as well anymore, but I'll tell you when Vidyard BombBomb first came out and you sent a, a video to someone prospecting, it blew everyone's mind, you know, and we got a ton of meetings. So I would definitely carve out some time to look into new things that are kind of on the edge of where sales is going and, and ride that first mover's advantage as much mm. as you can. It, it links in actually, because I was going to mention the piece around authenticity around, I don't know if you've looked into much around the neuro selling piece around mm -hmm. the rational and the primal brand. Yeah. yeah. I did a, a webinar yesterday on, with the, Chief strategist at Salesforce. Oh, who, great. Who has a neuroscience background. Yeah. We went pretty heavy, heavy into this. I, I was over my head, I think, but it was super <laughs> interesting. Well, it's fascinating because, of course, you know, the primal brain is, is really what we're driven by. Like every, every decision we make, whether it's buying, whatever we do is driven by emotion. Yes. Right? And the rational brain is responsible for our thinking and everything, but the emotion, the, the primal brain is there that drives it. And one of the big things is six, there's six drivers when you look at it around. The primal brain that that can we can influence as sellers or as marketeers. Mm -hmm. One of them being is contrast. Is that the brain needs contrast? The primal brain needs it to stand out. It's like if we're in a really quiet space and you hear a bang, that's why we we react because it's like yeah. wow. But if that was in a loud environment, we wouldn't notice. Mm -hmm. It's and for example, what I mean by that is 
um, if everyone, all your competitors are doing the same thing, you're not standing out. If all your competitors are saying we're the, we're the best or we're one of the best, yeah, that that starts to become white noise because it doesn't actually mean anything. Yeah, so no one says they're the number two. Solution no, ever. no. So it's trying to think of different ways. And I, I, I saw this advert from Epson, which was amazing, which was um, about their projectors, and they said all projectors are bright, but ours will show you this image that's the brightest. So they weren't claiming to be, every projector can say we're bright, but only one can say we're the brightest. So it's kind of like thinking about that when you're thinking about your messaging as well, is looking at your competitors and thinking, if they're doing video as well, if they're doing audio, if they're doing this, how do I stand out and go that next level beyond that? Totally. Yeah, there's like, I've always, always, always tried to go against the grain of what everyone else was doing. You know, as soon as something becomes a best practice, be very wary of best practices because that just means everyone's figured this shit out. So you need to do the opposite. By the time something's a best practice, you're too late. You need things that are not yet best practices. And those are the things that are going to take you to where you want to go. And, you know, there's, there's things in our brain called heuristics, which are basically little neural pathways that get burnt. Um, And, you, we all have one for like salespeople, you know, it's like when you start an email with, I hope all is well, you're going to hit that heuristic, that pattern in your brain. That's like, Oh, this is a sales email. Delete. Yeah. Uh, same with the canned opening. This is Scott from outreach. You have 50 minutes to talk about blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, you will get into that neural pathway mm. and your brain will shut off and they're going to treat you like every other salesperson that's come before you. So you need to find things that are pattern disruptors or interesting things that will get people out of those, that pathway of the salesperson pathway, because you don't want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what we're talking about here, I think links heavily into authenticity and why it's so important. As yeah. you said, there is only one Scott Barker. There is only one Chris Hatfield. There is yeah. only one of each of us. Yeah. And the, the four of the other drivers, a lot of them relate to like being personable, like actually getting to speak to someone that, that gets you and, and goes beyond that rational thinking. And that is how you stand out, isn't it? Being totally. authentic because no one else is going to, is going to come across you yeah. like that. And I think companies are so focused sometimes on thinking this is our unique value proposition. This is what we can offer, but not enough time is spent on, okay, but what about your salespeople? Totally. Like you're, you've got your value proposition down to a T, but if that person who is presenting it isn't, yeah. then they're just going to be white noise. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's difficult because I think, you know, classic organizations are always thinking, how does this scale, right? Like mm-hmm. How many times you've been in a meeting, <laughs> does this scale? It's like in at least every meeting that will come up. Yeah. And I think because of that, you know, authenticity is tough to scale, right? And it's tough to teach because you can't really. Um, so it's about somehow empowering your sales professionals to you know, almost do some like deep reflection on, on what makes them, them. Um, and yeah, I mean, I could give you a ton of examples and ways you can stand out and do pattern disruptions, you know, but they won't all work for you, right? These ones work for me. I'll give you an example that has worked well for me in the past, you know, when I was doing a lot of cold calls, hundred cold calls a day, and I'd get that classic like brush off when people would be like, Hey, sorry, man, not interested or running into a meeting. And you can tell like they didn't, they weren't even listening <laughs> to me. Um, in that scenario, I got so tired of that coming. I finally one day and it came from a genuine place. I was so just down. I just went, 
man, is there anything I could have said or done that would have resulted in a meeting? And the guy said, you'll get one of two answers. And the first answer is they'll give you feedback, which is invaluable. They'll be like, hey, man, you came on too bullish. Like you need to work on your tone, yada, yada. So that's great. But usually what happens about 80% of the time, you'll get this. Oh, man, I'm so busy. I, what, what exactly do you do again? And they weren't even listening, mm. but, you know, it was truly. And then you get to see your value prop again, but in a much less combative atmosphere. Uh, and they're actually listening this time. And I remember the first time I did that, again, from just an authentic place, it worked. And I actually booked a meeting. This guy listened to me. He was like, oh, yeah, I think I think I can put you in touch with blah, blah, blah. And we got a meeting out of it. So I started doing that. And I used it hundreds and hundreds of times and turned around a lot of um, terrible first calls into positive uh, interactions. So, and I've taught that to people and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't because it does have to come from a genuine place mm-hmm. um, and needs to make, make sense. Uh, another one I'll, I'll share with you that has worked for me, which the listeners can, can try if they'd like uh, is so you know how, when you go to trade shows, you talk to hundreds of people and you'll usually talk to, let's say, 20 that seem to be interested. And then you leave the conference, get together, and you're like, sweet, marketing, I've got I've got 20 ops. It's going to be so exciting. Uh, I'm going to have all these meetings. And then you get to uh, Monday and you send your emails and maybe one gets back to you out of the 20. And you're super bummed and you can't figure out why. And usually it's because you've been lumped in with all these other sales professionals, right? So again, out of a place of frustration of that always happening, I was like, okay, what can I do this time around that will change that? So out of kind of desperation, I was talking to this lady and I was like, okay, I'm just going to try this. And right when we were in that moment where she was like, yeah, no, I think we need this. Let's set up a meeting Monday. I was like, okay, I'll do that. And I'm going to send you an email. But in the email, in all capital letters, I'm going to write blue monkey in the title. And when you see that blue (laughs) monkey, you're going to laugh and you're going to chuckle and you're going to remember me and you're going to remember this conversation we're having just so I don't get lost in all the noise. And she laughed. It was like, awesome. And she got back to me right away. And I've been using that, the blue monkey trick for, you know, at least three years now and have a response rate of probably 98% on that one. Um, So you can come up with your own, you know, yellow rhino, whatever it is. But uh, <laughs> Blue monkey's taken. <laughs> Blue monkey's taken. But those are two pattern disruptors that, you know, came from an authentic place that have worked really well for me. Over yeah. It's quite interesting. There's two things come to mind. So when I first started my career, I was doing door-to-door sales, mm-hmm. residential, and I obviously a loft and cavity wall insulation and solar panels. And I'd, for a few people who are just not open the door, I'd be like, you've won the lottery. And they were like, what? And I'm like, and they just laugh. And it's like, you know, like you say, I think that's the biggest way like to get, to break that auto sort of barrier is to get someone to laugh because then you're getting them to become authentic and relaxed. And you can also tell by someone's reaction if they don't, that you're thinking, right, maybe they're not the right kind of person and they're probably always going to be a no anyway, but it's yeah. just, it's diffusing that kind of mechanism, particularly if you are calling people, emailing people, like you say, is how you do it. Yeah. Um, this is a big extreme. I'm not saying everyone does this, but I spoke to a guy who is the, um, 
cartoonist for the um, Wall Street Times. Is it Stu? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he uh, told me about a story about this uh, turnaround specialist who uh, would read the back pages and see companies that were struggling, and he, he knew the guy who made the swords for Gladiator. So he'd get a sword made up, and he'd do a handwritten note in there to the CEO, and he'd send it to them, and say, in, on the note was, hi, so-and-so, business is war, and I've been, I've been hearing you've had some challenges on the battlefield recently. If you need a few more hands, give me a call. Wow. And pretty much nearly 100% ratio right from that. And, That's awesome. you know, it's, it's just fine. But like the point is here, yeah. obviously, it's not saying everyone go and get swords or start <laughs> yeah. calling emails blue monkeys. Yeah. But it is, like you say, it's finding your thing and it's finding something that works for you. Like if it is humor, if it is um, accuracy, if it is like process, like whatever suits you yeah. and, and finding that. And I think the big thing is just, like you say, companies allowing people to be reflective and, you know, for example, utilizing coaching in the business and it not just always being about, the numbers, it's about working backwards and looking at the process to then get the outcome of the numbers. Totally. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So what do you think then, Scott, you've learned most about yourself in your career so far? Obviously, you talked about a few things today, but what's like the, the one big thing? That I've learned about myself. Well, I think something really interesting happened in my career. So I've sold into, I sold into marketers for most of my career. And I was always, you know, as any, I think, sales professional that's worth their weight at all. Uh, I kind of got obsessed with understanding my buyer and, and their world. Mm-hmm. And um, through that, I think, you know, I, I acquired all these different marketing skills just by trying to figure out um, my buyer and, and the persona I sold into. So um, I think learning more and more about marketing and now I'm like, I'm not quite sure if I'm a, a marketer or a, a sales professional, Um, but I think learning is just like that this is a long game and, you know, learning new skills is really what it's all about and constantly reinventing yourself is Mm. what it's all about. So I guess my advice is like, go find something that you are really passionate about selling Mm -hmm. and sell it to people that you're equally as interested in, right? Like I am interested in marketing. So selling into marketers was, was fun for me and go find those things and, and line up and yeah, it'll be much more enjoyable. Great. Well, thank you again for your time today, Scott. It's been great. Thank you, man. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, for people tuning in and they want to follow your journey and listen to your podcast, like where can they find all this stuff? Yeah. So I create a lot of content on uh, LinkedIn. So follow me there, Scott Barker uh and sales engagement podcast is just salesengagement.com slash podcast and of course check out sales hacker and uh, we have a podcast on there as well produce a bunch of uh articles from some of the coolest names in in sales uh and we do two webinars each and every week for sales professionals so go check out saleshacker.com great well thank you again scott and for the listeners thanks for tuning in to another episode of not another sales podcast Hey people, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. If you want to find out more and connect with me, you can find me on LinkedIn under Chris Hatfield, H-A-T-F-I-E-L-D, or on my website, www.notanothersalesguy.com. That's www.notanothersalesguy.com. Stay tuned in future for some courses and free content on there as well. But for now, have a good one and I'll catch you soon.